everyone, I'm Denisha Devnarayan and you're watching the Full Quota podcast on One World Sports Radio. And hello, hello, hello and welcome back to another week of the Full Quota podcast. This is your South African uh, cricketing podcast and this week we have a very, very special guest and we'll introduce him uh, to you later on. But I'm joined by Tim. Tim, how are you doing? How's the cricketing world going? Is Aidan Markham batting already? Uh, I can tell you that Aidan Markham did not open the batting. Uh, very, okay. very, very strangely, but he didn't open. But otherwise, oh. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Um, cool, cool. <laughs> Yeah, so well, yeah. So importantly, this week's um, we were starting with the CSA T20 tournament. We've got four groups. They start on Sunday, on, on Friday, and we're gonna have got two weeks of, of of T20 cricket, and we'll be talking about that later on this week. The squads are taking a little bit longer to be announced, which frustrates me and you, but I think it only frustrates me and you. Our viewers uh, and our listeners will be uh, will be comforted by the fact that when we do come back on, they'll have uh, the, we'll have the information. Um, Remember, before we do anything, you can interact with us on all these platforms, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and also YouTube and in, and Instagram. We are currently live on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, so you can uh, and, and Twitter, so you can send through your questions. Also, remember, most importantly, please do subscribe. We are also doing a rugby uh, this weekend, um, the New Zealand versus the Springboks. It's a 100th test match between the two teams, so that's going to be quite cool. Um, and yeah, so please do do that. Now we have our special guest. Um, this man is uh, one of the few um, great glovemen we have in the country. He's scored over 3,500 first class runs. He has had 577 dismissals across all three domestic formats. He's played for the Proteas in seven games um, in T20s. Um, and he is um mangaliso mosefe um hi mangi um how are you doing no no no, no I'm, I'm i'm all good i didn't even know that i had uh the amount of dismissal there but thanks for for giving me a heads up <laughs> oh good no um well yeah the stats head in me goes okay um how many dismissals has he gotten okay cool that's actually very but it's a very good it's a very great number and it shows your commitment to the game you've been playing in this I playing cricket for pretty much your entire adult life. So um that's really, really awesome. Um Mangi, obviously we're gonna have a, a have a chat uh with you. So thank you for, for joining us. I think for me the first question um is to ask you, um how did you get into the game of cricket? I ask all our guests this question. Very fascinating mm. stories that come out of there. Um, yeah, so I grew up in a little township uh, called Duduza in the East Rand. Uh, so that's where I was born and bred. And uh, I always used to follow my older brother because he's a, a massive uh, football fan. So I always used to fall into training when I was young. And um, I joined his club uh, for a bit. I think I was like seven or eight or so. Um, and I used to watch a lot of test cricket with my uncle, you know, because that's all he did. Like, um, he used to always like ask me to go buy bread or go buy like uh, sparkler and stuff like that and sit next to him and we watch cricket <laughs> the whole day. Um, and so I didn't really know much about it, but I'll just sit with them and we'd watch the game. And uh, they introduced uh, Baker's Mini Cricket then uh, at uh, the primary school that I used to go to in uh, Takaram Primary School. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I played the game for the first time and um, yeah, I fell in love with the game. And um, yeah, here we are. 
Okay, so I'm I'm a township boy myself. Um, Fossil Rest in the East. Um, as oh, yeah, well. East so that's yeah. actually very. <laughs> 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 it's actually quite. It's actually quite fascinating to know to have someone speak about um, Baker's Mini Cricket, um, because it it was a staple of our township lives. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think what also got me interested where we used to get like free biscuits as well, you know, so uh, I was like, yeah, let me try that. And uh, yeah, I just got dropped into the game. And uh, yeah, I didn't know that uh, I'll be fortunate enough to actually uh, become a professional cricketer, you know. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think, I, 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 maybe you, Paul, you could tell us, there was, I think it might have been Sal that said, he also did the breakers thing for the biscuits. Yes. And and then the cricket cricket bag got him, but it started with the biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I have read elsewhere, Mikey, that when you started to play cricket, you weren't doing wicket keeping. You mm. it took a while for you to get into the wicket keeping uh, side of things. Mm. So, what were you? What were you when you started? Uh, well, I mean, my, my favorite player was always Jack Callis, so I bowled a bit. Um, and I think uh, when I got to grade five, we got a bursary to go to Mpumalanga. You know, it was a bunch of us that came from Tutu's, I'm actually the East Rand. And uh, we had um, a fantastic guy that actually taught me how to keep all well, two two gentlemen. Because um, how my bowling career ended, I think I bowled eight wides in one <laughs> over. And um, yeah, but it's because I swung the ball too much. That's what happened. You know, I used to swing the ball too much. That's what happened. <laughs> and, As uh, always, that's what I, that's what we tell ourselves. That's how our, all, all our bowling careers go to die. Yeah. And um, yeah, my coach was like, no, because we never had like a specialized wicket keeper at the time. We used to take turns. And I kept in a six-a-side game. Um, there was a great gentleman called Solichote who passed away. And uh, he was like, since we don't have a wicket keeper, why didn't you try wicket keeping? And uh, I had a guy who was our coach at the time, Rusty Tuala, who literally taught me most of the stuff that I know about keeping. And um, yeah, that's how I started uh, keeping, you know. Um, and I think probably uh, stopping bowling was probably like the best thing I could have done for, for, for myself, you know. So I don't think I would have made it with that pace that I used to bowl. You know? <laughs> oh, that's actually quite interesting because that's how, that's how we all, uh, that's how I got into the game um, as a bowler. And then I realized that, no, it's not going to happen. So I went to go try other sports because... It is what it is. Still love cricket, but I was like, you know what? It's fine. It's okay. Yeah, it's uh, okay. We'll leave it to the pros like you. Um, and so, so Mangi, obviously growing up, you, obviously you went through the different levels, um, got to SA under 19. Um, when did you realize that actually you could make money out of this? Because I, I know a lot of black boys in the townships could all play sport, but there's a point where you're like, actually, mm, maybe accounting or maybe something else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a very strange story because we used to, Ray Jennings used to coach uh, Easterns back in the day. So every uh, winter holidays would always have, um, so mostly the guys from the East would mostly have like, um, uh, like a camp for about a week and a half or so. So he came uh, the one time as a guest speaker and um, I mean, he obviously he's never seen me play or whatever. So uh, he asked me to come in front and he was like a very terrifying man at the time. I think I was 11 years old. And um, yeah, he said to me, you know, I can see in your eyes that one day you're going to play for South Africa, you know. Uh, and I think when I uh, turned 16, we had uh, those regional trials, uh, which were SNR 19 trials. And I think for the first time in my life, I got Alexa stamping in the nets at... Um, 
at Supersport Park, you know. Wow. And uh, he was like, um, if you train hard, uh, I will take you to the World Cup. And I was like, there's no way, there's way too many better players than I am, you know. So, like, what does this guy see in me, you know? And um, I think at the time, you know, I was just going through, like, my teenage phase where I used to do, like, a lot of push-ups. And so fitness was just a thing for him, uh, which I did well. But, like, my skills weren't really up there. And, uh, yeah, I worked a lot with uh, Uncle Soli before he passed away during that time. And, um, yeah, when I played in a 19, um, I played the World Cup with Wayne Parnell and them. And, um, yeah, we did quite well. I think Virat Kohli and then beat us in the finals mm -hmm. in Malaysia. So uh, it, was, it was a very good World Cup. But, like, I hardly ever played because we had a, one of my favorite keepers called Bradley Barnes, you know. So he was, like, the mm -hmm. first choice keeper. So I think I only kept two games. Um, and Ray was like, no, we've got um, under 19, uh, England under 19 coming the following year in Jan. Um, and you'll be one of my senior players and play most of the games. And I think I got SA the 19 player of the year um, that year. Um, I had a very good tournament against England. And uh, the Titans were like, yeah, they're looking for like a young wicketkeeper, you know, to help Heinekun. And uh, yeah, I was just like fortunate enough um, to be in that position. Wow. Um, that was an interesting um, under-19 World Cup because you had Tim Southey, Virat Kohli, <laughs> Um, that Indian team had, had Jadeja as well, so it must have been quite a uh, quite an experience because you, you're watching these guys. You don't know they're gonna be great, even in the South mm. African side. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's it's how was that level of competition there? And like, did, uh, did you, were you like this guy's gonna be good when you saw? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we played India because we played them before. We play played them in a triangular series with Bangladesh before we went to the World Cup, and then we played them again. And then they were in our group. And I think, I mean, Jadeja was betting number six. I think the only time I only saw him bet was uh, when we bowled him out in the finals, you know. So they had, like, a very solid team, you know. So uh, we hardly ever bowled him out. Um, and they had, like, another guy called Gaswami was, like, a fantastic weight keeper. And another guy, left-hander called Shivastava, and they were just, like, on a different different level, you know. Um, and I think what also made them that good is that leading up to the World Cup, they must have played about, like, 50 to 60 games together, you know. So they were very uh, well-drilled um, uh, side, you know. But... Um, the competition was fantastic. Um, I think it opened up my eyes uh, in terms of like I also needed to like upskill myself and try to get better to compete with those guys if I had like aspirations to play for South Africa, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic World Cup. Um, gave a lot of us like a lot of opportunities. I think after that year, out of the squad of 15, uh, 13 players from South Africa got like franchise contracts. And I think the whole uh, Indian team were drafted into the IPL as well. So it was a it was a, a very very good uh, competitive World Cup for us. Uh, yeah, it's fascinating. Fascinating. You look back at, at those sorts of names um, where they are now. Uh, to go back onto onto your career, um, do you think the fact that you've played for quite a lot of different uh, franchises uh, has helped you mature as an individual. So you, you haven't stayed um, comfortable in one one mm. province, so to speak. You have moved mm. around. You've gone to the Lions, you've gone to the Dolphins, you've gone to the Cobras, and now at the Knights. Do you think that's helped you having a different... Uh, uh, yeah. 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 So I think yeah, with 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 different uh, coaches and different players, it has definitely uh, improved my game and uh, working with different people. Uh, it certainly has. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't um, trade it for anything else. The fact that I've had like those opportunities because it's not often that like people do 
uh, get so many opportunities actually like do that in sports. Um, but the downside to that is that like with sports, uh, there's so much instability, especially like if you're moving around, you know. Um, and uh, as obviously, I'm not saying that I'm old, but like I've obviously played for a number of years. And at some point as a cricket player or human being, you want some sort of stability, you know, uh, where you can like settle and be at one place for a long period of time. But um, so I wouldn't trade like the experiences that I've, that I've had, uh, but in terms of like just stability, uh, it was quite tough to move around like uh, a lot like that. Yeah, um, speaking speaking on, on that, it, it feels, especially with this year, because um, I think this is the one year where there's been a lot of movement and largely because of the additional two sides playing in the first division. Um, from a player perspective, we spoke about the stability, but how, how was this off-season period this free agency period and how hard it is on on the player because obviously we as 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 media people only get the team sheet finally we don't but there's a few rumors flying around but we 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 just get that but we don't see the the the, the angst the drama it, how do you as a player navigate that um yeah. especially in this in this in this year yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Like as I said, I mean, I've, I've obviously been. I think I'm playing my 12th or 13th season now. Um. So I think for me, like the transition has been like a little bit easier. So I know a lot of coaches. I've played with most of the guys that. Uh. uh well, I played either with them or against them, or we played together at SAA or at the academy. You know. Um. And so for me, it's always been a little bit easier to settle into a new team and into a new environment because obviously I've done that throughout my whole career. But I think for a lot of the guys, it's been quite tough you know because obviously some guys had to like um lose their contract some guys had to like leave their homes and like try you know build their careers somewhere else you know uh but so interesting for me hasn't been that difficult um like as i said man i know most of the guys uh, that are in the knights team you know either I played with them at the titans or i played with riley growing up as an 19 you know i've always played against pite um you know and i've always played against most 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 of these guys so for me i haven't really found it difficult but um I know with a lot of the guys, it's been it's been quite tough, like having to leave uh, with your entire family, let's say, to go to the Eastern Cape, or or, or you know, and um, for them it's been quite difficult. But for me, it's yeah, it's it's, it's been okay. Uh, but it's definitely going to be an interesting season. Um, like I said, there's been like a lot of movements around, and there's also been tough uh, with like the COVID when we weren't allowed to train. Um, so for the new guys or guys that are still starting up their careers uh, i'm sure maybe the transition was like a little bit tough because if they didn't have enough time to spend during off seasons and stuff like that and some of the guys did go overseas uh so it's going to be an interesting season but uh, um it's, it's going to be a good one you know and i think also what's been good is that like the academy guys and uh, the school cricket is so good so um i think for the future of south african cricket uh it's it's in a it's in a good place in terms of like producing the next players. Yeah, I, I I think I think you're right. I think it's still a little bit of um, settling down for for some individuals, but I think going forward, it's I think it's, I think it's the right thing. Um, mm -hmm. I think I think especially with with the, the closeness of uh, potentially the clubs, the club system, you know, that's been uh, struggling the last few years. So that'd be good to see if we can have a, a, a nice uh, pipeline, so to speak. Um, mm -hmm. Think more specifically on onto onto you and 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 as Paul mentioned there about your your stats and your your glove work. Um, do you think the natural gloveman, so the keeper batsman role, is maybe perhaps a, a, a dying breed? When you think of 
how difficult it is for somebody like folks to get into the England side, for example. Uh, what do you think of, of, of Clavman going forward? Uh, yeah, it's, I, I, I think uh, Adam, Adam Gilchrist um, yeah, did us in for, for all the keepers. <laughs> <laughs> you <know>. Bastard. <laughs> yeah. Although, like, it was, it was fantastic. He definitely, like, um, uh, changed the whole perception of, like, how people look at keepers. Uh, but my personal opinion, maybe I'm saying from, like, a bias point of view, I still feel and believe that there's a massive need. I mean, if we look at uh, Ben Folks when they played in India, uh, the whole England side went an entire test match with our innings without any extras, whether it was like pies or nobles, whatever. Mm. And uh, he took like amazing stampings that changed the, the the whole game, you know. So I still think, especially in the longer format, there's still like a massive um, need for specialist keepers, you know, because. Uh, that can change the the whole role of like a, a test match or test series if it's like a good stamping or good catch, you know. Um, and I think also the way I viewed keeping changed when I went to England. Like in England, there's a massive emphasis on wicket keeping. You know, there was a guy called Bruce French who was a wicket keeping coach. He is um, specifically designated to coach keepers throughout the county system. And uh, if you look at the amount of keepers that England have produced, uh, like amazing keepers, it's it's, it's unreal. And also playing. A bit in Australia, uh, you can see that there's a culture in England in Australia where in South Africa there is, but we we all different. You know, um, I keep differently to Quentin, uh, Quentin keeps differently to Andrew Clarkson, and um, they're both great love men. But for me, in the future, I'd like to see uh, a, a a keeping culture in South Africa. You know, so if you look at all the Australian keepers, even though they're all different, but they style similar. You know, if you look at the guys in England, even though they're different, but their style is similar. Uh, they've got some sort of like identity uh, where in South Africa we've got like amazing keepers, uh, but there's not a lot of emphasis on wicket keeping, you know. Um, so I'm maybe saying from like a bias point of view, but I still there's a massive, I still feel there's a massive um, place for, 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 for keepers um, that can bat. And I think for coaches also, it mustn't be a lazy way of thinking of uh, picking someone who can do the job half decently and leaving out a keeper, you know, so why can't the coach try help the keeper to get batting his batting if, 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 that's, if it has to come to that, you know, if that makes sense. Hmm. Speaking about about that, and I know you've mentioned a few names, but um, are there any other guys who mentored you into keeping? I know you said you came into the Titan side under Heino Kuhn. Hmm. Um, were there any other players that, that helped you along the journey to become the, the wiki keeper that you are? Uh, definitely, definitely, Ray played a massive role. Um, especially after my under 19 years. I mean, I'm still, he's basically my mentor, so we're still in contact. Uh, so he was really good. Um, I mean, when I went to England, I was fortunate enough to chat with uh, Nick Pothers and James Foster, mm. which are the guys that I've always looked up to, you know, just to bounce out ideas. Um, but I also do like a lot of like reading. I do a lot of research. Um, I look at different people and try, um, you know, mold my technique or try to get new ideas. Um, but I think with wicket keeping, if you want to get better, you're gonna to have to love the job because it's a it's a thankless job. You know, when you drop a catch, nobody can relate on the field. You know, if you go for 15, at least you've got another bowler that you can chat to about. Uh, if you go out for notes, you've got like another better way. With wicket keeping you by yourself, so sometimes people do not understand what you go through. You know, um, so in order for you to be a good wicket keeper, you have to love the trade. You know, you have to be willing to do the dirty hours. You know, you have to be willing to be your own coach. You know, because a lot of the times. Uh, keeping, it's it's uh, you do fielding and then you go catch for the bowlers. 
and uh, coach will hit you 10 flat catches, but there's more to wicket keeping than that, you know. Um, there's like basic stuff that you need to work on. There's techniques that you need to work on. There's conditions that you need to consider keeping in the high field and keeping in the coast, you know. Um, so those are all the other things that go into keeping. So it's not just about just catching a cricket ball, but uh, there's a, like a lot of stuff that goes into into the trade. Uh, the, the other thing um, that we've we've been asking a lot of the, the former players before you um, uh, from Fredberg and Sauer is they often spoke about the importance of playing overseas and uh, that how that helped them. You played a little bit of time in Holland and around 2015, I think. Yeah. How, how was that experience and did that experience help you on and off the field? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, there's, there's a lot of festivals in Amsterdam, so musically it was, it was good off the field. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we know those festivals. We love them too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think yeah. When it comes to to keeping, definitely, because uh, I think the whole of of twenty fifteen, um, I mean, I stood up to most of the bowlers except for Paul Farnick. I think he played for the Dutch team, and same with the whole of twenty sixteen. Uh, I only didn't keep up to the stumps to one bowler. So in terms of like sharpening up my skills, because the conditions are very different. So you play. Um, on carpets, but underneath there's clay, you know, and uh, most of the fields that they used, it's football fields. So sometimes if the clay is not like well rolled, it becomes quite tough to keep, you know. Um, but uh, I enjoyed the experience. It helped me out a lot in terms of like shutting up my skills. I mean, I had like some some good games there, which I mean, um, most of the things I learned about setting up to the wickets, I actually applied in South Africa, which has helped my game, you know. So with the best... I didn't do as well only when we played on like turf, turf wickets, which there's only like three of them, I think, in the whole of Holland. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed that. And I think also what I enjoyed was because I, I, I coached a bit, you know, and what I found with coaching, it has also helped my game in a way because um, I coached like a lot of keepers from different clubs. I coached at the club a bit and um, I never knew that I would enjoy that side of the game. But um, I think as someone who was getting old into the game, I'm also able to help out my teammates i'm also able to like identify certain things that are wrong with my game or my technique and um i could only learn that like through playing and coaching in holland you know because uh, there you have to figure out your own stuff you literally the player coach and um, if a team gets 200 as an overseas pro you're supposed to get 150 of those runs you know um so those are the things that you learn um as you go so um if i had to advise like a lot of young guys if you want to learn and figure out your own game probably going overseas it's it's, it's a good thing that's that's actually very important words, um, Mangi. Um, one thing I'd like to ask, I think, is a little bit more happier moment. Um, when you obviously you made you made seven appearances for the Proteas, um, how was that experience, and how was it when you got the final call up? Mm -hmm. um, how like what happened, and and like, just take us through that those emotions. Yeah, because um, obviously I played that. Uh, there was also sort of like a feeling, um, and uh, I played that. Um, uh, Springboks and Proteus game in Cape Town. Mm. Um, so I think the idea there was just to help me like get used to like the 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 environment and like be familiar with and, the guys. With and them. we loved your stare down with with, with Trevor. Yeah. That was that yeah. was the best thing. <laughs> and <laughs> probably, like a lot of people think that was planned. Like I obviously like knew um, his his uh, misses, and like mm. I only knew of him. that was like the first time I actually like met him in person. Actually, so. Uh, that was actually like fantastic, but um, yeah, and then also um, 
yeah, then yeah, obviously that was like uh, then I think I joined the team uh, mid uh, Jan because uh, I think we played the game in December. Um, so I, we trained for like a week and a half, um, and everything was fine. And uh, normally before the game, they obviously explain to you like what it means to be a pro tier and you know um, what the flower represents and what they believe in like in the pro tier fire. And um, I think only when I got my cap and I got uh, to my hotel room, I got nervous, you know. Um, and only then it became um, so real. Um, and because uh, I never thought that I'll play for the Proteus, you know, I think when I did well under 19, I thought I'll play when I'm like 23. Uh, but when I did, uh, it was an amazing feeling. And I remember Ray Jennings was uh, commentating that game was a re reduced game against Sri Lanka. And um, as I was walking down, he was walking behind me, you know, and he's like, hey, my son, you know, uh, don't have this one up. You know, you only have one opportunity, you know. So I was like, oh, no pressure there. <laughs> you know? uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was an amazing uh, feeling. Uh, my entire family was there to watch the game. And um, I mean, obviously, I made my debut uh, with a ground that I'm very familiar with, uh, where I grew up most of my career. So, uh, yeah, all in all, it was a very, very special day. That's that's that that's amazing to hear. It's really easy. So, so you've pretty much, you know, achieved achieved everything. Like you've gone right through from the grassroots all the way through uh, academies, A teams, all the way to through to the protests. Um, going forward now. As one of the senior players with the Knights, um, what are your what are your goals and, and plans um, this this season and the next and the next the next couple of seasons? Uh, have you got have you got goals in mind that you want to want to, want to achieve? Um, I, I think for me, as a, um, and I mean it, it worked nicely in Durban at a, at a bit when I was still at the Lions, um, and um, I think my goal for me, if I can leave. Uh, besides obviously performance it's 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 important you know and uh if i could one day wake up and say that i'm done playing if i could leave the team or the game in a better place i think i would have achieved um what i wanted to do um i think that's very important you know just to teach the guys um the 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 the, the culture of the game and what the game is about and i think a lot of the things that we don't speak about with sportsmen which i take like a lot of in interest in is um, actually how do you find the balance or how do you tell the difference between separating yourself from uh, Mangi, the cricket player, and Mangi, like the friend who is outside the game. And I think a lot of the time the sports people, and we only realize that later in our lives, is that, um, you know, you're first a human being and your identity is not tied in cricket, you know, because cricket is performance-based, you know, where a lot of the times when I have a bad game, it means mm -hmm. that I'm a bad person. And uh, if I have a good game, it means I'm a good person. So there's so much instability there, you know. So mm -hmm. if I can help the youngsters with my experiences, because I've experienced that, I still do, even till this day. But um, now at least I can recognize those moments and actually like say, okay, hold up, man, if you're actually allowed to fail, then that's okay, you know. So if I can help like the younger guys that are coming after me to actually like find that quicker than what I did, I think I would have I would have I would have done my job because a lot of athletes struggle with with uh, anxiety and and depression and those are the things that we hardly ever speak about you know um, because if I speak about like how I'm feeling um, and then you regard it as weak because it's such a competitive and a performance based uh, sports which it is because that's what we get paid to do mm -hmm. but uh, in order for you to reach your optimal performance all your other things outside your cricket life have to be in balance as well. You know? Uh, yeah, well that, is, 
Yeah. No, yes, amazing. And and that's true. You gotta give yourself the grace and, and the empathy, um, especially. And I think you know, it's it's hard for um us outside of your sphere to be able to 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 see that. We obviously don't see that and and it's good that um you know even recently with a lot of other sports uh, people talking about the the mental side of the, the that other side of the game that nobody ever talks about because it's no longer shut up and play it's now actually no we're human beings so mistakes do happen things do go wrong and you know you, we need to have the empathy and fans too need to have the the grace and the empathy to to allow people to go through this because it is a job we are getting paid but um, we are human too. And I think that's a really good message there um, from you, Mangi. Um, I think for me, um, I've, 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 I watched you in, in the MSL um, for the Paul Rocks for those two seasons. You are a champion. Congratulations. That was one of the most, that final was one of the most incredible um, victories I've ever seen um, in terms of like spin. But how was that experience uh, being in, 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 in franchise uh, T20 tournament, even though, yes, it was a little bit small and unknown, but it was still pretty quali good quality cricket. Yeah, I mean, there was there was like a lot of um, um, good reviews from uh, the guys that obviously came uh, from overseas. I mean, Dan Christian uh, also mentioned that, like, I mean, uh, this is as good as it can get in terms of, like, the tournaments, you know, that he's actually ever played in, you know. So it was actually quite good to hear from someone who's played around uh, the world with T20 competitions and stuff like that was a, a fantastic go around them, you know. Uh, but um, I think uh, uh, our my world, the last two two uh, the two years that I've played, um, it was an unbelievable experience. But I think what we did well as a team is we understood like what we represented. Obviously, it was only for about a month and a bit, but we understood that we represented the community. You know, we represented PAL. You know, so our identity was based on. Uh, what the people of power needed, you know, so we knew that we had to get like their buy-in and once we got their buy-in They always like came and supported us 100% every single home game that we played And I think also the way the team was picked there was like a bunch of good guys, you know, like good human beings, you know, journeymen You know, um, guys that are not necessarily the most flamboyant cricket players but uh, guys that uh, knew how to find ways to win, you know, we knew how to like win in tough situations, you know um, so I don't know if that was the the plan behind picking the team with Faf and um, Adrian Burrell. But uh, if I look at our team, you know, it, it wasn't like superstars, but it was good human beings uh, that knew how to win in tough situations. And I think that was part of our success. You know? And it kind of worked out because obviously that Paul track was a little bit slower um, and you, you strangled the teams a lot. Mm -hmm. um with that and it obviously must have been great for your wicket keeping because mm -hmm. obviously you don't get tracks like that that often in south africa mm -hmm. no definitely and i think i mean the plan when we trained was was that is that i mean we're going to run well uh between the wickets you know better than the other team and uh, we've got two uh fantastic spinners that we have in shamo and uh, beyond fortain um and uh i mean we had um Faf, who was like in fantastic form, uh, Cohen Mangru, who was amazing, you know, uh, Udana, who was like fantastic for us, you know. Um, so at some point during the, the, the tournament, everybody chipped in and uh, played an inning that could change the game, you know. So it wasn't one place that was performing all the time. And I think we knew that uh, if I don't get the job done, it's going to be hard for the next guy, you know. So whoever 
was um, on form for the day, whether with bowling or batting, they needed to get the team over the line. I think that's what we did very well. So at some point, everyone in the squad actually contributed. I mean, Sibs uh, played a fantastic knock. Um, his first game in uh, Joburg, we got like 50 not out, you know, when we were in trouble to win us the game, you know, to keep us in the competition. Um, so that was, that was, yeah, that was very good. Uh, going forward, you're going to be coming up against Adrian Pavel. Because he's now settled in at at, uh, at Paul mm. with, with the rocks. Yeah, with the rocks. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be quite good. I've, I've always enjoyed barrels. I think the only issue now is that like I cannot speak Corsa with anyone else because he understands the language. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I might have to speak Sutu with my teammates or something. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I think that's 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 the thing. I think from from my end, Mangi, I've just got one last question and and. It, it goes to the future. Um, what are your plans post-cricket in the future? Are you going to be in around the game or do you have plans out, outside the game? Um, yeah, so I've, I've been thinking about that the last two years. Um, like, as I said, you know, I've been enrolled in a, a course called mentorship in psychology, so I enjoy that side of the game. Um, uh, but, I mean, if it was up to me, I don't see myself as somebody who will sit in an office for eight hours. I think maybe that's why I chose to like keep wickets, <laughs> you know, because at least wicket when you keep wickets, you're always busy. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed coaching. I coached a bit as a consultant uh, in Durban at one of the schools, um, and uh, obviously they just asked me to consult uh, now with the wicket keepers in the free state. So I enjoy that field. Um, in an ideal world, I'd I'd, I'd love to be a um, a Bruce French of South Africa or Brad Haddon of Australia, where you consult with most of the keepers. Like I'd like to build a culture like that to see if we can bring uh, back the, the the art of, of wicket keeping again. Um, so mm. I'm very passionate about that. Um, so I would love to be involved in that. Um, so yeah, that's that's just my 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 train of thinking at the moment. Okay. I'm surprised you don't put uh, you don't add a DJ there. I see you DJ on Instagram every now and then. <laughs> we can keep in consulting slash DJ. Yeah, we can, we can put yes. that. Yes. <laughs> it's a day job and a night job. You just and don't sleep, Mangi. <laughs> you know? no, no, but seriously, I, the, the last one for me is, um, what's it like working with um, Alec Donald? Alec Donald has had international experience with protests, with England. Um, you know, he's, he's one of the more more travelled coaches that we've got back in our shores in the new yeah. structure. So what's it like working with him? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, like I was, uh, obviously I've seen him you know, play against the, the Knights in the previous years. Uh, and he was one of the guys that I used to love um, watching when he bowled. You know, I remember when I was young, at my grandmother's, I really used to like take the ashes and like I used to paint my nose so I could bowl like him. Um, so yeah, he is he is fantastic. Like he he's very good when it comes to working with people. He create he's creating a very awesome team culture here in Bloom, you know. And I think because uh, of like his experience that he's been around the world, he understands uh, how players think. He understands what players need. Uh, so he's been fantastic in terms of like player management. Uh, he's been fantastic with the bowlers. Uh, he's just been, um, yeah, he's just been world-class with my, my experience with him. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been really excited, like, working with him. Like, I like the way he thinks about the game, you know. Um, he's someone who understands how players think, who understands, like, what players are going through, you know. So, um, he's created a, yeah, a, a, a fantastic culture in terms of that uh, in, in, in our team. 
Good to hear. Uh, that, uh, yeah, it's very good to hear. And Mangi, I think that's going to be the end of our interview with you. Thank you very much for joining us. And I wish you all the best for the coming season. I know you guys have the CSA T20 knockout uh, starting probably next week, uh, Tuesday, because you are the home side, one of the two home sides, obviously, the Northern Cape uh, being one in Kimberley. So wish you all the best um, with your future endeavors. And thank you very much for giving us your time. I really thoroughly enjoyed this interview. No, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. Hopefully, it's not the last time I see you guys. Uh, yeah, so thank you very much. It's an absolute uh, honor and a privilege to, to chat with you guys. Uh, and yeah, and, uh, yeah, thank you very much again. Thanks, thanks Mangi. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Ah, what, a, what an interview, Tim. You just keep on out doing this. I'm bringing on guys <laughs> who are just truly, truly, truly amazing. Um, and um, yeah. Uh, wish him all the best. Um, so, yeah. So, Tim, let's talk about what happens this week. So, we'll be back on Thursday, around about our normal time, 4, 4.30, um, to discuss the start. Finally, we're here. Uh, the start of the new domestic season. And it starts with a massive, massive game on Friday morning at 10 a.m. It's Western Province against the Lions. Um, so, it's just me and you again, my man. Yes, against yes, the yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. What's the promise all of April? Promise all of May. Never, never. Uh, but yeah, so we'll be talking about that on Thursday. And also, it starts, it kicks off a, a two week, like we have cricket every day. Well, there'll be a few days where there's no cricket, but it starts the CSAT tournament. We're talking about that uh, and a lot more um, on Thursday. So please do join us for that. But thank you very much to Mangi for joining us. Tim, thank you very much. For, for, for organizing and also being a part of this podcast. Remember, we're also on Apple Podcasts at One World Sports Radio. We are also on um, Spotify and Anchor at One World Sports Radio. So if you type in One World Sports Radio, you will find us. Um, if, you, if you're an audio person like myself, I'm, I'm an audio person, but we do an audio-visual medium. Um, and remember also, just uh, please, please, please do uh, subscribe to the channel. We'll see you again on Thursday. We've got cheap seats in the week and also some rugby on a Saturday. So thanks, Tim. Till we meet again, have a good night and goodbye. And finally, the Good night.